This is Friday, May 20th. Now, during COVID, one of our church members sold us his small boat. <laughs> Don't worry, we're still friends. It is super small, and it's really only capable of carrying like two people, maybe three. Not long ago, Sandy and I did a day trip out to Boca Chita, an island about eight miles offshore from the coast. We crossed the bay in our little 14-foot boat, and as we were doing that, smoke began to billow out from under the left gunwale. That's the side of the boat. It took us a few minutes to realize that our boat had caught on fire, and it was frightening as, as we wondered if we could get the fire put out. We had no fire extinguisher on board. When we could see that it was an electrical fire, we removed one terminal from the battery and the fire died out. And then we began to hunt for the problem. It seems that a lighting fixture had sorted out bringing a positive, the positive and negative wires into connection with each other. I removed the fixture with a set of pliers, but then we wondered, would we be able to start up the engine and continue our journey? Or would we need to call for assistance and a rescue? Now today I want to talk about an immense problem in our city, sort of like the problem on our boat. We can find it difficult to understand how our city functions, what drives the city, and how and why cities fail. In a sense, just like my boat, that has a combination of systems that enable it to function, cities also have systems too. You could call it an ecology, an ecology that enables healthy life for the city and for the people that live there. Now, I want to look at one problem that arose as Nehemiah began the project of rebuilding Jerusalem. Here's our text for today. Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Now, the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, We and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were seeing, We have had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our fellow Jews, and though our children are as good as theirs, yet we have had to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. Now let me tell you what is happening in Jerusalem and around Jerusalem as the wall is being built. As the families come together to rebuild the walls, they had to lay aside a lot of their own work. And at the same time, a, fa a famine came. How could they harvest their fields when the field also harvest is small, and yet at the same time be working on the walls? Well, they just couldn't do it. The only way to get food then was to borrow money to buy it. Now, among the Jewish people, there were some wealthier families that had extra resources. They loaned their money to those in need. But the cost of these loans actually made life impossible. And so some of their own brothers and sisters were becoming destitute. They already had sold their, some of their children into indentured service to repay these loans. You see, in every city, there are different places on the economic spectrum. 
They're those that have enough wealth not to feel the pinch when hard times come. But others are more vulnerable, and economic swings have a huge impact on them. I think that, I think that word vulnerable says it well. They're vulnerable, the vulnerable class. Whereas the wealthier people are a sort of protected class. People that can take refuge in their financial resources when trouble comes. While others, again, are vulnerable to dangers of a changing economy. Which class do you consider yourself a part of? Now, one way to make this judgment is to look at the last financial collapse. Did it dramatically change your lifestyle? Or did your life remain mostly the same? So you might ask, how do people get the resources they need for life? Here is the way it works in Miami, and our city. There are three main sources of capital that support the city we live in. Sources of profit, you might say. And these are, first, industrial capital. This is the money that comes from surplus value of the workers in the city. For example, an employee at McDonald's may make $17 an hour, but brings a gain of maybe $28 an hour where that person is serving. That leaves $11 of gain that is wealth taken by the owner of the business or the stockholder. Second, there is what is called commercial capital. It's derived from surplus money that banks loan out as credit, making again more income. And that credit is provided to businesses and individuals. And again, this earns income for its owner. And finally, there is property capital. That is the wealth that our properties produce based on its desirability. For example, property down along Brickell Avenue downtown is worth millions of dollars an acre and is making a lot of money. And this is also true for some residential housing. Certain locations have and hold amazing value. Again, this also increases through the years. And so having this property is a means of protection, amassing resources for your future as it grows in value. Now, here are the implications for this. Those that have these means of value, like property, for example, own a part of the engine for growth that runs our city. And those that don't can easily be left behind as the city grows and prospers. And if you hold none of the sources of capital, well, how can you get established in a city like Miami? You get the idea. So this is the problem Nehemiah had. Some people had resources, and they were actually taking advantage of those that did not. He knew that he could not reestablish the community of Jerusalem without dealing with this matter. And by the way, it would cost him because he was a part of the protected class, those that were loaning out money. And now he wanted to work to protect those who were poor. He wanted them to fully share in the life of the rebuilt city. Of course, this makes us ask the question, how can we work in our city to make this an a place of opportunity for as many people as possible? How can we open avenues so that people can prosper here? And how can the Christian community come to the aid of others when they become vulnerable? Would you pray together with me? God, you are the one who provides for us. Help us to learn your ways that we might also learn to come alongside each other when difficult times come. 
For we pray in your name. Amen.